You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to SSPN Live. I know it's been a minute since we've done one of these. It's been a minute since we've been on, and it's been a minute since we've talked about the Spurs, and there has been a ton happening, Ethan. Um, Let's just go right off the bat, right into this thing. Becky Hammond, going to be the new head coach of the Las Vegas Aces next season, so she's going to finish out the season with the Spurs. Um, Obviously, a huge accomplishment for her. A little bit of a saddening day for us, even though we're happy for her because we thought she was going to be the replacement and the heir to Greg Popovich. Um, and the way that the players rave about her, we heard Lonnie's statement on her. I don't remember it word for word, but just when you read how these players talk about her, they are just so, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but they're just so um, impressed and they're so they're glowing about her. That's what I was looking for. Anytime they talk about what she's done for them and their young careers, DeJounte's talked about it. All those young guys, she's really been crucial in helping bringing them up uh, and develop them into the players they are today. So what were your thoughts on Becky getting uh, the w- WNBA job with her former franchise? That's another thing too. So this was really her dream job. Yeah, I wasn't surprised at all that she was given this job. Um, obviously not given, she earned it rightfully. So she'll just be and another addition, Jude, to the already very long list of possible Greg Popovich heirs that have left Budenholzer, Quinn Snyder, Borrego, Will Hardy, Will Hardy, uh, <laughs> who's uh, what's his name, Ime Udoko, and, uh, and now Becky Hammond. It's just another long list, another addition to the already long list. Um, I'm honestly not surprised because I thought she would have left last year because today she was like in the uh, in the hunt and the, like possibly getting the Portland job and other jobs as well. So I was surprised that she didn't get one of those surprised that she was on the staff this season. Um, but I mean, you said it best just to, you know, everyone loves her. I was hoping that maybe she'd be the head coach next year or the year after that, whenever pop decides to leave. Um, but it was just bound to happen that she was eventually going to get a head coaching offer. Yep. And she finally got one from the Vegas aces. Yeah. And so for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Becky played for the Silver Stars during her time in the WNBA, and that was the franchise that moved to Las Vegas. So this is her literally getting to coach her old team, even if it's, you know, a little bit different in the name and the location. Um, And she's going to get a bunch of spotlight just with the amount of media coverage that the Vegas Aces get. Um, so I'm super excited to kind of follow her and see what that team's do team does next year when she's in the WNBA. Um, so, and it'll also be interesting to see who replaces her on the sideline. I think right now we probably think, well, Matt Nielsen's probably going to get moved up just naturally. Um, but the good news for the Spurs is they know how to find coaches like this. We know their coaching tree. We know how many Austin Spurs coaches, uh, and even Austin Toros coaches, if you really want to go back that are now Mm -hmm. current coaches in the NBA, just off the top of my head, Taylor Jenkins, we're seeing what he's doing with the Grizzlies right now. Obviously Quinn Snyder and the jazz have been a powerhouse for a little while, at least in the regular season. Um, I mean, you got James Borrego over there in Charlotte. The list just goes on and on, and she's just probably going to be the next one with her success in the WNBA. But another 
piece of good news, even though that was a little bit of disappointing news, but still good news, uh, was Zach Collins. We finally got an update from him from Pop a couple days ago in a press conference after the game, and he just mentioned that Zach was getting close to being back. Um, And we talked about it at the beginning of the year that the estimation was going to be around kind of maybe January, February at the latest. And here we are, January 9th, 2022. I think this is our first show of 2022. I just noticed that too. So that's cool. But um, Zach Collins close to being back. Um, I was kind of thinking about his impact and, you know, what we saw from him in Portland and how we could kind of compare him to maybe somebody on the team. And obviously the first person I thought was Jock Landale, because that's the only other stretch big that we have on the team. But what we've seen from Zach Collins and comparing him to Jock is that obviously those guys have being able to stretch the floor in common. But for me, the thing that I think stands out with Zach Collins and how he's going to help this team is his physicality in the paint. We've seen him as a shot blocker throughout his career. And that's something that Jock, if we want to talk about one of his shortcomings, it has been just getting out physical a little bit in the paint. Um, He's been able to get offensive rebounds, but it seems like he's a little bit better at that than he is whenever it comes to getting defensive boards. Obviously, Devontae Kaycock helped about out with that today. I want to talk about him later in the show, but getting back to Zach Collins, I think he's going to be able to not only provide that stretch five ability for the Spurs, but I think he's going to do a little bit jo- better job of just matching up physically in the paint whenever it comes to playing tough defense, even playing, you know, uh, bodying somebody on a pick and roll on offense as well. Um, so that I think was kind of the best comparison that I could think of in my head with somebody on our roster right now. Uh, what are your expectations for Zach and what do you think he can bring to this team, Ethan? I'm hoping he can kind of blend the things that both, like you said, uh, Jacques Landell has brought to the team and Drew Eubanks has brought to the team. And Drew is you know, a super physical. I know he gets in a lot of foul trouble because of how aggressive he plays defensively. But that's something that we you know, kind of need on the back end, when, especially when Jakob Pertle is not in the game. So I'm hoping, like you said, he can bring that physicality to the game. And the thing that I'm most excited about with him coming back, Jude, is the sheer depth that we're now going to have at the big position, something that we were really worried about. But with him coming back, we have Jakob Pertl, who is, I think, solidified, at least for this season, as a main starter. He's proved us wrong in some categories. He's really had a, a great year, at least as far as my expectations are concerned. <laughs> and coming off the bench, we have uh, J- uh, Jacques Landale, who has proven himself a very quality backup big that can stretch the floor, especially with his offensive passing ability. He's really uh, you know, shown me that he's a lot more than just a big body that we can put in the paint. Like he actually has a lot of skill to his game. And now we bring in Zach Collins, who brings pretty much those same skills, but with a little bit more experience and a little bit more physicality. And then Drew Eubanks and Kaycock kind of rounding out the bench unit. Uh, you know, that that's a, that's a pretty good five. And then we still have Thaddeus Young technically on the team. <laughs> yeah. And we have uh, Keita Bates-Diop, who has proven himself to be a very quality kind of four, maybe small ball, big, uh, five at times. Um, so I'm really excited to see what Pop is able to do with the like the mismatching of the lineups because we might be able to see a, a Zach Collins-Jakob lineup, a Zach Collins-Jacques uh, lineup. Who knows? Uh, we, we really don't know what's going to happen with his return, but I'm very excited. I think he will really open up both our offense and our defense because it's, it's pretty obvious. When Jakob goes to the bench, we're kind of – we lose a significant amount of that defensive anchor and, and guys are really able Especially to score in inside at will. Exactly. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see what can actually come from that. All of this, um, you know, depends also Jude on whether or not he comes back healthy. 
and because he has not played in so long, we really hope that that foot and that ankle is is all good to go because the last thing we need is for him to come back into the game and then like immediately go down with an injury or, you know, knocking on wood, he is just not the same guy. You know, we haven't really talked about that, but that's a possibility. He could just yeah. be not the same dude that we saw in Portland. But uh, if, if he's healthy, I'm very excited to see what he can do with our team. Absolutely. Um, so there's a couple things I want to touch on that you mentioned there. The first thing I want to talk about is the Jock Landale, Zach Collins lineup, because something that I was thinking about whenever I was thinking about Zach coming back and specifically like what I just mentioned with his ability in the paint and probably being able, at least from what we've seen from him in the NBA so far, being able to do a little bit more there than Jock can. I remember in that ESPN Australia interview way back in the day that we talked about over the summer Jock actually saw himself as a four in the NBA. And when you talked about his skill as a passer, that's one of the things that allows him to kind of play on the perimeter. And if mm-hmm. he's matched up against a four, he's going to be able to play on the perimeter and he's going to have less to deal with physically most of the time, usually when he's matched up against a four. So I'd be very intrigued to see that lineup. It wouldn't surprise me if our bench lineup really turns into that. And it's Trey Jones, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, Jock Landale, and Zach Collins. Um, mm-hmm. But Obviously, Devontae Kaycock's been playing very well, and I just forgot about Keita Bates-Diop, mm-hmm. who also yeah. has been playing phenomenal. Just a little side note, I know maybe he didn't have the greatest game today if you just look at the stat sheet, but if you watch him, he forced a couple shots or a couple misses on KD, and so, I mean, the performances that he's had against LeBron and the way he's been able to just be an annoyance against guys like Kevin Durant and some mm-hmm. of the best players in the league really shows his worth as a player. You mentioned how he can be a stretch five. We've also seen him play the three at times, so so he's yeah. just such a versatile player um, who's really held down that four position for us. So I don't necessarily think anybody's going to take minutes there. But then again, maybe they just <laughs> go like Trey Jones, Lonnie, Keita Bates, Jock Landale, Zach, who knows? I mean, but that's the whole point of all this. It's going to add depth and it's going to add size, which is something that we've been wanting and been preaching really since the beginning of the season. So we're going to get it when he comes back. But also very good point on the lower foot injury that's something that's always it's always a question with mm-hmm. big guys. And I think if you take a look and you want to speculate a little bit <laughs> on his contract, it's very low risk. No money is guaranteed basically after this year. Um, it's two straight player options. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was done with that in mind you could argue that maybe that was why maybe it wasn't we're not the spurs like i said that's a little bit of speculation but it's it's something to keep an eye on too because we're hyping him up a little bit right now but really we're not going to know for sure until he comes back on the court obviously i like to be a little bit of an optimist and with the way that doug mcdermott's played the way that this team's played overall and another topic that we're going to get to here in a second um dejounte murray just how he's looked and how he's really grown in to potentially a franchise guy um Mm -hmm. I like to think that Zach Collins is going to work out. And, you know, if anything, it was worth it was worth his celebrations on the bench. Oh, you yeah. love oh, to have yeah. a 6'11", you know, slicked back hair dude doing doing three point celebrations. Right. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And Ruben Rain, appreciate you being in here talking about how Keldon needs to move to the small forward. We need another player at power forward. That's exactly why we've been talking about it all year. We've mm-hmm. wanted Zach Collins to be back and he is going to help with that as well. Um, Keldon, we know Keldon can play the four depending on who we're matched up against, but it's really only against other small ball lineups where that's going to be effective. Um, and especially with his three point shooting this year, even though it mm-hmm. fell off a little bit there, he bounced back the next game Still 44% after, right after, yeah, after pop called him out. 
Um, so playing him on the perimeter is going to help with that three point shooting as well. So that's definite. I agree with that statement there. I know Doug is hurt right now, but Jude, let me ask you with everybody coming back healthy. I'm talking Zach Collins, everybody on the team when they're, when they're back from COVID protocols and injury, your starting lineup, would you want Keldon to move to the three and insert Doug at the four? Or would you maybe move Kata Bates to the four? Or would you maybe move Zach Collins to the four? What are you feeling for that starting lineup? Because we really haven't talked about what our starting lineup would look like once everybody is back. And we really weren't, we didn't expect Kata Bates to be playing this well. Um, You know, Doug McDermott to be this, you know, solid defensively. A lot of things we weren't expecting. So what's going through your head right now as far as that's concerned? When it comes to the starting lineup, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that. I think it's going to stay the same because that's just so pop. It's going to be, yeah, yeah. But remember at the beginning of the season when Pop said that, you know, he we had our guys who were going to play 20 minutes, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and then Mm -hmm. the rest will fit in here and there. I think we're going to see a lot more of that on the bench, just a lot more energy kind of juice coming in. Cause we were talking about how do you fit Keita Bates, um, Zach Collins, Jock Landale, you can't fit all of those guys in the front court, even with the way Devonte mm-hmm. Kaycox has been playing as well. Um, so I think that we're just going to see a lot like the bench guys minutes are going to go down, but there's going to be a lot more spot minutes that we see, uh, to kind of get those guys involved. But I think the starting lineup for the most part, uh, is going to stay the same, but you never know. I think the way that Keita Bates has been playing, um, and will have is has just been great. He could be worthy of a starting spot. I wouldn't mind that. I think you definitely kind of want to keep Doug McDermott in there just because of mm-hmm. his his just being one of the older players on the team. And then on top of that, his three point shooting is just so valuable in that starting lineup. He'd be the most consistent, proven three point shooter on mm-hmm. you know throughout his career. Obviously, Kelden maybe shooting a little bit better than him percentage wise this year. Um, but the thing that I think about honestly that I would be more um, I guess akin to more likely to see that I would believe is Zach Collins getting moved into the starting lineup. Um, I know that sounds crazy with kind of all the question marks that we just saw, but I think just the fact that him and Doug were like the two proven NBA guys that we kind of picked up in free agency, that would be what I would kind of lean towards seeing. I don't think it would be immediately because I think he's going to come back probably on a minutes restriction. They're going to ease him back into things. Um, but I think just with his track record, that would be most likely to where they move him into the starting lineup and maybe even they move Doug around. They play Doug more at the three when that happens. I could see mm-hmm. that happening for sure. Um, and with the way that he's been able to be such a great cutter for the Spurs this year, um, I'd like to see him kind of at that three position and see what he can do uh, cutting against smaller guys, not having to do it against power forwards a lot of the time. Yeah, I would agree with you if I was a betting man. The only argument I have for Keita Bates-Diop is the same argument that in years past we've had for Kyle Anderson and and Boris Diop because they don't need the ball. Uh, they don't need to score. They're not going to take touches away from our, our big <laughs> Or big that's three. crazy and i never thought of him as those two guys but he's kind of he's kind of just like that uh kyle yeah, anderson kyle anderson more so than boris because boris is yeah. a little bit less uh, i think of a, of a defender and more of a passer likes to eat a little bit more a little bit more yeah but <laughs> I, I see the only reason i see that as like a possibility is because kbd on any given night could guard their best player and give guys like keldon a break from having to guard like a lebron or a kd like he had to do today I'm not saying he's he's a stopper. He's going to stop all of those guys, but it's just another option instead of 
instead of Doug, uh, who needs the ball kind of to be effective. I know he moves off ball, but you still got to kind of give it to him. And maybe he'd play better off the bench, especially since Trey Jones is kind of now taking over as that facilitator. Who knows? There's a lot of different different ways we could go about this. But if I'm, I'm with you. If I was a betting man, the Spurs are going to keep the starting lineup exactly how they started the season with, which is Dougie and Keldon at the three and a four with Jakob, DJ, and Derek at the, at the guard spots. Yeah, absolutely. Want to say what's up to some of you guys in the comments. So Million, what's up? Happy New Year. We appreciate you being back in here. Um, I I see where you're saying with this. Um, I was talking about KBD a little bit, mentioned that earlier. And then mm-hmm. kind of after that was talking about Zach and probably probably Zach or, or Doug would be the guy to do that. And, and I like him being in the second unit too. I think that thinking about it more, um, he just he's going to be able to do more of what he does and we're going to be able to get more value out of him uh, coming off that bench unit. But you never know, man. Look, he gave LeBron 30, so... Yeah, you you never know. (laughs) No, but we definitely want to maximize KBD's value and we don't want... And, and, you know, we got to see the consistency, like he said. The real Lucas Samanich. (laughs) Yeah, the real Lucas That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But Guillermo also mentioned, does Keldon come off the bench if Zach goes into the starting lineup? And... I don't think so. I just I don't, don't think, think so it's going to happen. I think that would probably, they'd probably move Doug to off the bench. Um, but it's something to watch. It's something to watch. I don't, like I said, I don't think that it would happen, but I think that Keldon would get moved to the bench before Derek did, you know, if, yeah. unless there was an injury of some sort. So that's probably, probably not going to happen. Like I said, probably Doug McDermott there coming off mm-hmm. the bench for the Spurs in that situation. But we all got to wait until Zach Collins comes back. We can move on to our next topic that we had, and this is kind of a little bit of a sad one. So a couple days ago, the NBA released the all-star voting lists and like the top 10 for every position. DeJounte Murray, nowhere in sight. And when you look at the guys who are on the list, you can't even, like when you think about fan vote, you can't even really be mad at it just because of their star power. I forget who was down there. I mean, it was like, Clay Thompson was on yeah, there. He hasn't exactly. played two it's, years. So that's what, it, tonight, that's, what it, that's what it is, right? And Damian Lillard's even down there, you know, with Portland having a bad year. He's still going to get more votes than DeJounte. It's just yeah. those guys are more established, and they've been on national TV games for longer. Um, but just know the league respects him. I was watching the Yes Network um, today with the highlights of the Brooklyn Nets game uh, that the Spurs had today. Freaking Cam Thomas, man. LSU's doing me dirty. The LSU alum doing me dirty today. He couldn't. It's a lot, Jude. He, I know it's it's completely my fault. But he's a bucket, so they just they were. Steve Nash was like, "Cam, just go win this," and unfortunately, he hit it. But anyways, back to what I was talking about before with Dejounte. Um, the Yes Network. They even mentioned they were like, "Look, Dejounte is having an All Star caliber year." I think a lot of people agree with that. Um, we saw what happened to the team with his absence. And I know that on here it's like, okay, it's sad that probably DeJounte Murray's not going to get an all-star spot. But what I will say this season, and I think really it kind of dawned on me with his return game and when he was out, you know, I think we've kind of been staring a franchise player, maybe not the franchise player, but I think I think before this year we said like DeJounte's ceiling was a number three guy on a championship team. Maybe not us, but I did. I feel like I remember saying that. And that uh, has changed throughout the year. He can be a top guy. 
um, on a contending team. I think, you know, a number two player, maybe not number one, like I said, but he, he can be like a Paul George kind of type player, maybe even better than that. Um, but his personality and his demeanor on the floor and his leadership is was just so prevalent whenever he was out. You could see what was missing, and it was like it, it opened my eyes to everything. Um, so I'm really excited to see DeJounte movie, Murray moving forward. And even though he may not make the All-Star game this year, I'm just so glad that like the Spurs mm-hmm. found him and that he's he's with a part of our future moving forward because he really is a, a special guy. I think off the like his his intangibles and like we know his on the floor abilities, but I feel like what he does for the team that doesn't show up on the stat sheet or maybe you don't even see it when you're watching the game, it was really made prevalent when he went out. If that makes sense. <laughs> yes, his impact was absolutely seen as soon as he wasn't on the court we were a completely different team and i know we are we're only we're still only 10 even with him playing but it would be a lot worse if he weren't there and i yeah, i agree with dylan right here that is 100 percent true um and what you're saying about him being a second option maybe on a championship team maybe even a first option i can kind of see that i'm going to compare it to the bucks i don't think he's as good as chris middleton who's their second option but he's way better than drew holiday so he's like to me, he's like right underneath that second option right now. I, I don't. And he's only 26. That's the thing. Like, we're going to keep seeing DeJounte improve because we've seen it his entire career. So imagine, I mean, the, the mm-hmm. ceiling for him is just, it's, it's, not, it's not where we thought it was. Yes. <laughs> and he's definitely one of those guys, if you put him next to two other, you know, semi to all-star level players like DeMar did with Zach Levine, Vucevic, Lonzo Ball, Caruso, those guys, he probably gets a lot better. Yep. Um, his numbers are just going to go through the roof. Their winning percentage is going to go through the roof. He, he's the real deal. I think maybe some of us, including me, were a little skeptical of that in years past, past couple years. He's he's definitely proving us wrong. Having a great year. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's kind of a funny thing that you mentioned that because anytime that we say anything negative about a player here, like obviously we we want them to prove us wrong. Oh, yeah. Please yeah. do that because we're Spurs fans. So at the end of the day, we would love for that player to be that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so even though we were never like hating on DeJounte necessarily, we definitely, you know, he proved us wrong coming into this season still. And we, we want that to happen every season. If we say anything about, Hey, they don't do this very well. Like Keldon shooting, for example, he's proven us wrong this year. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember there were a lot of comments coming into the season saying that Keldon wasn't a shooter and that Derek and DeJounte weren't shooters. And while I will say, I think my, I, I would have thought that Derek would have been the best three-point shooter out of those guys. And I think actually... The worst out of those yeah, three guys. Yeah. yeah. So um, it it's something that we definitely want to see happen. Lonnie had a great game today. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that here. But this is actually some other Spurs news. Uh, Eric Pacino, our guy, we appreciate you always being in here. Um, Jakob just recently changed agents. I did see that. And he's asking, mm-hmm. does that mean he's gone? Obviously, we have no intel. So... Honestly, Eric, I don't have an answer for you. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think that that's the reason he's going to be gone. I think that he would be gone because he was already an unrestricted free agent. But that is just something to watch. And usually when you get a new agent, that probably means that you're preparing 
for free agency in some form or fashion. And mm-hmm. with all of the bigs that the Spurs have, that's going to be something very interesting. Like you said, Jakob's another person who's proved us wrong and has really had a solid year, kind of been a baby Gobert for us, a, a, go, a Rudy Gobert light holding mm-hmm. down the paint. Um, but with all of the talented bigs that the Spurs have, and you never know what's going to happen on draft night, um, and him being off contract while Zach Collins locked up, Doug McDermott locked up. I don't know how long Jock Landale's contract is, so that's going to be interesting to see how that is. Mm. Um, I, I think, think it's may- two years. It's two years, yeah, so he'll Pretty be sure. coming back. Um, that is something that's going to be very interesting to watch uh, come yeah. the end of the season. Um, Good God, dude, I'm knocking on wood, but we got to draft a center. <laughs> or at least a power forward. We need a big guy, for God's sakes. We've been saying this for like five years now, but please, Lord have mercy, get us a center. Okay. Yeah, you're, 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 I get where you're coming from. But <laughs> remember when how bad we wanted Kai Jones, and now we have Josh Primo? So I, I, I didn't really want Kai Jones. That's true. That's true. I, de- I definitely didn't want Primo. I'm not going to say that yeah. I wanted Primo. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I didn't want him, but... The, the, the one thing was one more guard this year, it actually worked out. And yeah. you know, one of the things that we kind of talked about going into this year um, with Primo, and we kind of got to see it today, was he's a guy who can play the one through three. We've been able to kind of see him play that three in these past couple games. And just talking about that, we can kind of talk about our G League guys because they've yeah. really been impressing us. Um, and it's something that's been really important throughout this whole COVID thing, because a lot of times these teams that are hit with COVID, especially like contending teams, they don't really have guys on Mm -hmm. two-way contracts like that, where the Spurs have really had three guys that have kind of been on the Spurs. So they have a chemistry with them, even though they necessarily haven't been playing with them every night and playing when they've been playing down in Austin. So that's allowed the Spurs to really only have to play Tyler Johnson whenever it came to their hardship players that they had to get when COVID hit. So, those guys coming in and playing the way that they've played, especially Devontae Kaycock, um, has really been huge for the Spurs. Just enabled to be able to be in games. Obviously, getting Dejounte back was probably the biggest factor. But those guys have been able to hold it down and allow the Spurs to be competitive in games with the Celtics um, and with the Nets today, um, mm-hmm. because they already had that kind of built-in chemistry with some of the guys on the roster. So, what have you thought of Weezy? What have you thought of Primo? And what have you thought of Devontae Kaycock during their time, where they've been able to get starts and, and get key minutes off the bench? I don't have as much to say about Weezy Camp, so I'll say him first. He's kind of had a little bit limited minutes despite us needing him to be on the roster if that makes sense yeah um like today he went one for two from three had three minutes of game so looked all right (laughs) (laughs) three minutes of play he looked all right um but not i mean not much to complain about not much to praise him about that was in the third quarter right it wasn't like Mm -hmm. garbage time either so that's interesting Yeah, it was weird (laughs) i kind of wanted him to play a little bit more like Mm -hmm. i would much rather him get minutes than tyler johnson i know tyler johnson's like a like a more of a proven guy maybe but just watching Tyler Johnson out there, it was clear that he didn't really know where he was supposed to be. And he had no chemistry yeah. with the other guys. But being that as it may, Kaycock and uh, Primo were very impressive. Primo had 39 minutes today, dude, 12 points. He made some rookie mistakes. It's bound to happen. Sometimes he doesn't know where he's supposed to be. An occasional lazy pass and you know a turnover that could have been 
easily got avoided. stuffed by Patty. Got stuffed by Patty. <laughs> just, just those small things, but his confidence never wavers, and I think he does have a lot of potential as a playmaker. He shows flashes coming off that pick and roll. Came back at that three. Being able to see, yeah, he had a very clutch three. I know he missed the one right before that, mm-hmm. which would have been super clutch, but he hit the one that counted and mattered even more, uh, which was great to see. And that has never changed. Back when he's getting garbage minutes and when he's getting 39 minutes, Primo always looks like that, at least to me, where he's going to make a couple mistakes here and there which show his age, but really overall very impressive from the now 19-year-old rookie out of Alabama. And from Kaycock, I did not expect him to do really anything. We were talking about this earlier today. He was dominating in the G League, but we've seen guys dominate in the G League and it really not translate at all Luka. to the NBA. Yes, and he's not dominating in the NBA, but 16 minutes tonight, 8 point or this morning, 8.6 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks on 80% from the field. And that really doesn't tell the whole story because the dude was just a defensive monster on my boy uh on Kevin Durant. I hope Primo Yeah, yeah, honestly, yes. All please. of us do. <laughs> yeah, but defensively, he was a lot better than I thought he was. And offensively, sort of like Kane Bates Diop, he kind of just understands where to be at all times. He's not going to demand the ball. He's not a guy that's going to go to get in the post, go to work, and get easy hook shots or anything like that. But he understands how to move around the paint, how to get easy putbacks, how to be in position to get rebounds. Like you said, the NCAA rebounding leader back in the day. Uh, well, how many rebounds is he averaging in the G League, Jude? Was it like 18? It was 14 or 15. 14. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. I mean, the dude's just a rebound machine. Super physical. I think he's only like 6'7", though. Yep. So yep. he's able to play pretty much three through five at any times. And he went toe-to-toe with Kevin Durant, like I said. Very impressed from him. Hopefully he can keep that up um, and maybe find himself in a Keita Bates-Diop role down the road because uh, he definitely fits that you know, mold of what we want in that player. I think some, who was it? Was it last live that we did? Someone compared Kaycock to, uh, Dewan Blair. I think, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty fair. But I think Dewan Blair didn't have nearly as much athleticism as Kaycock does, in my opinion, or defensively, uh, Dewan Blair really could only guard, you know, a post-up player, but Kaycock can guard on the perimeter and he can guard in the paint, which is, uh, it's pretty impressive. I'm not going to say that he's like the next big, Spurs power forward <laughs> of, of the year, but right. you know, very impressed by what he was able to bring the past couple games. He is a solid player. I mm-hmm. mean, straight up, he's somebody. I mean, really, you know, I saw you guys in the comments, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have to have a ceremony at some point, Ethan, in honor of the man's signature, mm. who's who's right here, Drew Eubanks. He he kind of looks better than like Drew. <laughs> A little bit. Right, we got we got a small sample size. All right, nobody <laughs> looks better than Drew. Okay, <laughs> ever at all. Ever. Well, I mean, well, okay. Well, what we're saying right now about my boy Kaycock, we were saying this about Drew probably yes. the same time last year. So all of this could prove completely. But his hands, <laughs> okay, he doesn't. You know, you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But you're right. You're right. We we can't jump to conclusions. We we gotta let it. We gotta let it happen. We gotta let it sink in. But right now, Devonte Kaycock. Is, yes. looks better than we thought. Yes. And I thought yes. that your comparison to KBD and Dewan Blair is pretty solid um, because, and, and this is even a better one from Dylan Montrez. down here. 
Montrezl. That's that's a really good comparison. Um, maybe obviously not to the exact height, you know, the exact skill level as Montrez at this moment, but he's that type of player. And I think, like you said, his versatility in the way he plays and bringing on Zach Collins and Jock Landale allows you to kind of play him at those smaller positions where mm-hmm. he's going to be able to out physical guys most of the time because he's got like the body of a center, you know, and the height yeah. of a four. Um, and because last episode I kind of counted him out of just kind of brushed it aside I was like I don't think he's going to get minutes he's not able to stretch the floor at all the way that he played tonight and like you said the way that he's able he just knows where to be and he mm-hmm. doesn't make any mistakes he doesn't try to do too much he just does you know he takes his dunks he takes his layups and he just finds his spot um mm-hmm. and we're we just mentioned it I I think it could happen to Eric. For those of mm-hmm. you listening on podcast, Eric says that he thinks Kaycock could potentially replace Drew next year. It's it looks like a- he has a more natural feel for the game yes. than, than Drew. That's the best way to put it. I was looking, I was trying to say that earlier, but I couldn't figure out how to word mm-hmm. it. So thank you for doing that, Ethan. Um, but <laughs> we're connected. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Big brain. Um, Big brain. But going uh, back to Devontae, so there was something else that I wanted to say about his play style. So yeah, even though he can't stretch the floor because of the fact that we've signed guys uh, and bigs and fives specifically that can, that allows us to play him next Mm -hmm. to those guys. And I saw him, I I actually didn't see him. I was listening to the radio call on the way home and I heard that he did hit a little mid range jumper. So maybe who knows you you get in, you get in the gym with, with old chip England and maybe we can get to a point to where he can maybe just knock down a wide open one. And that's really uh, all you want. Um, Forget chip England. We want him in the gym with Timmy (laughs) D bro. Get in the post with his size and his shoulders. Oh, can, can you imagine if he just developed a little bit of a post game? That would, yeah, yeah, that would be be crazy. Yeah, his physicality, you're good. No, his physicality is insane. And that's Mm -hmm. why he was able to lead the NCAA in rebounds when he was at UNC Wilmington. And that's why he's been able to get a contract with the Spurs and show out for the Austin Spurs. He was averaging 21 and 14. It might have been 15, but I believe it was 14 um, is what I heard from Bill Schoening on the radio call. Um, And he's just somebody who's really impressed us. So I wanted to address that. That's somebody else who I feel like has proved me wrong a little bit or changed at least my outlook on them as a player uh, Mm -hmm. throughout this time. So he's he's somebody who I think could contribute. Like you said, DeWan Blair kind of played in the Austin Toros at the time, earned Mm -hmm. a roster spot. Keita Bates-Diop was on the two-year deal with the Spurs last year, earned a roster spot this year, and even took... You know, the spot of a former number one pick uh, or not number one pick, excuse me, definitely not number one pick. pick. Yeah, a number a first round pick, former first yes. round pick. Um, and so and so I, I got I, this comment from Ruben. I have to mention it. Bring Tim Duncan <laughs> back on a Monday, Monday or on a 10 day, like Murray said. Um, and for those of you who don't know, DeJounte posted a little Instagram photo talking about Timmy D a little bit. Mm. And so that was pretty funny to see. So I had to acknowledge that. But Devontae Kaycock, uh, a solid player. But let's move on to Josh Primo. I mean, he's got two starts. What have you seen from him, Ethan? I pretty much already said what I saw from him, Jude. If you want to take the reins, I'm sorry. We got <laughs> no, you're totally for that conversation. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I'll say it all again. <laughs> yeah, there, you did say it. Yes, you you really no, did. Totally you, you really did. Obviously, we know that Primo's already a pretty solid spot up shooter. Um, I think, like you said, 
whenever it comes to the fact that even when he makes those rookie mistakes, you can tell that like he's trying to do the right thing and he doesn't let him bother it that bother him that much, like you said. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you can watch a rookie, because there's sometimes where you watch rookies and you're like, oh, like there's a difference between when Wies can't makes a mistake and between and when Primo makes a mistake. You can just see the the difference out there. It's I, I can't honestly describe it in words, but I think if you watch the games, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And when you have a rookie like that who can go out there and make mistakes and you still feel good about it, you understand why Pop said in the most recent, or maybe not the most recent press conference, but some press conference recently, he mentioned how he would just like to throw him out there in the fire just like he did with TP. What does mm-hmm. that tell you about him? He wants to do the same thing with Josh Primo that he did with Tony Parker. He can handle it. Very high expectations as mm-hmm. well. And when you have that, I mean, you're giving that to a dude who turned 19, like, two weeks ago it's this once again reiterating y'all have seen it on this show if you watch us but the sky is the limit for him and you can just add that to the list of reasons why um and endorsements moving forward gosh guillermo muñoz yep. you're I, I i know i say this a lot jude and I, i'm gonna say it until it comes true he's the next froby bryant <laughs> because wow I mean, I get that's all I can see from him because Kobe, remember rookie Kobe? Big comparison, but he's he, got a similar mentality. I, I understand what you mean there. Rookie year Kobe out of high school had so many lowlights. People thought he was such a bust. Like, I can't believe they drafted him in the lottery. This kid is no skill. Like he had like, whole, like a game where he shot four air balls in a row or something, and Shaq put his arm around him because it's all good, buddy. You're going to get him the next time. <laughs> and then by year three, he was like, "We're going to the championship, and we're going to win three in a row, and I'm going to be." <laughs> Uh, you know, an MVP candidate and then win two more after Shaq leaves. And he's just one of the greatest players of all time. I don't know if that's what he's, that's, I don't know if he's going to reach that, but he's got that same mentality, like you said. And it makes me so excited to see what he has coming down the road. His confidence level is crazy. And mm-hmm. when you think about his confidence in year three, like Guillermo mentioned, it's, it's very exciting for Spurs fans. It's super, super exciting. Um, I think that this is maybe the best comment of the entire night from Antoine here. Spurs got enough, but not enough. That's basically where this season is at. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's like, you know, in four years, this roster probably would be enough to be, you know, a five, six seed at least. But right yeah. now, you know, you've got all the COVID stuff going on. You've got the injuries as well. Um so it's and the the main thing was DeJounte going out. I don't think yeah. like if DeJounte never goes out, maybe the Spurs aren't, you know, they may not be uh they might still be around a five hundred team, but mm-hmm. I think that it would definitely be a different case. But you know the crazy thing is, Ethan, even mm. with all of this, the Spurs are still in the ten spot right now. Yeah. So yep. still playing, kind of what we said at the beginning of the year. Cause we're geniuses, Jude. <laughs> <laughs> Because we just understand basketball to the, you know, beyond most people's capabilities. (laughs) I'm actually getting super excited right now just thinking, like, imagine, like, I know DeJounte right now is our guy, but three or four years down the road when he's like 30, 31, he probably won't be the number one option, but I hope he's still on the team. Because imagine if we had, we kept everybody, but I mean, obviously we're going to let a few people go, but make sure we keep DJ, Devin, Keldon, Primo. And then whoever this next number one, our first round pick is going to be, hopefully a big man. Those five guys with three or four more years under their belt, 
that's super exciting for me because oh, come on, it's five. One of those guys got to be a like a <laughs> like an all star, right? Like, please, like, surely one of them has to be the next Tim Duncan, next Kawhi Leonard type player. Yeah, yeah, I think that. I think that I mean, really, I think Dejounte might be that guy. I mean, n- oh, not just New so. Balance, not just him training with Kawhi back in 2017 over the summer. Um, and the way that his career has gone. Um, but it's just funny you mentioned that because last night I was over to friends and they were talking about how, oh, our bi- he just joked around, you know, kind of mentioned in passing, we were talking about the Spurs, like, oh yeah, I could see our big three being DeJounte, Devin, and Primo. Three you know, guards. it could, and, and you could, <laughs> yeah, right. You could, you could put, um, you could put other players in there. Like you said, Keldon, even, you never know what's going to happen with all of these guys. Um, you know, just with the way th- things shake out the nba is unpredictable if you guys have been watching the nba we can all agree on that with the craziness that happens with trades and and all that stuff um but you know the spurs are kind of the one constant who kind of build teams and are able to get players to maybe take a little pay cut to stay um so maybe there is a way that you can keep everybody and i think that brings up an interesting conversation that dylan brought up brought up with extending lonnie walker um Mm. obviously that date passed on contract wait did it pass? Did the contract extension date pass? I, I don't say, actually know. I, I thought I saw something on Twitter about that, but now that I think about it, whenever I play I 2K, it's usually yeah. like after the All-Star break. So yeah, maybe I I, I, I'm kind of – I'm having a battle in my brain right now. But anyways, sure. these guys in, in a couple years, like you said, I really hope DeJounte stays on as well because when you see him next to like – a prime primo that's it's very it's very it's very nice to think about <laughs> that, that will allow him to literally be a better version of what chris paul is right yep. now for the phoenix suns mm-hmm. next to a hopefully primo will be a better version of devin booker by that point <laughs> maybe who knows interesting interesting things to think about very interesting i think lonnie walker just to get this out of the way he's been playing really well as of recently um off the bench I think no matter what, my opinion of whether or not we extend him will come down to the very last game of the season. Like, I need to see what he's able to do from this point forward. I'm not going to base whether or not I want to extend him on the past, like, three weeks of yep. of much better we play. We need to see I the whole see season to really, yeah. yeah. And it's and also going to be interesting, too, when you talk about that last game, because what if that last game is a play-in game? Yeah. Because, and once again, you don't want to take too much from just one game, but, like, those moments are crucial. You want to see what your guys are like when everything's on the line, right? Is it going to show up or is he going to get two points in 26 yep. minutes? Like Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I think that's a good – that's kind of my answer to that too, Dylan. Um, you know, he's playing better. So I will say that I think that there's a higher chance of him getting extended than if you would have asked me this question maybe early December. Um, but – I mean, he's going to have to take a pay cut. And when you have Wee's camp and Primo, Primo, who you just drafted, it's kind of hard to see it. It's really kind of hard to see it, Mm -hmm. you know? Unless we're considering moving off of Derek at some point. But even that, I say it's more likely we move off of Lonnie than Derek, even though Derek's had an off year, if that makes sense. Yeah. I I think just the commitment they made to him contract wise would uh, Mm -hmm. make me agree with that statement. Um, 
but it's going to be an interesting offseason. But at the end of the day, you know, probably the Spurs are going to keep everybody, maybe sign a couple of randos like Doug McDermott, mm-hmm. Zach Collins, nothing crazy. And then we'll roll into next season with the same team. We're going to we're going to package Thaddeus Young and, and some, whoever Forbes. we draft. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to package Thaddeus Young and Brent Forbes and two for the number one up. overall pick. And, yep. <laughs> for yeah, for for Paulo. <laughs> I would be down <laughs> if they want to trade. <laughs> Me too. That. Me too. Okay. All right. I'm kind of running out. I guess we, we were not running out, but we've kind of gone over most of our topics here. But I have I have a question for you. Speaking of Thad Young and Bryn Forbes, the Spurs historically are quiet. They're silent at the trade deadline. Do you think that changes this year with both of those guys going to contending teams? No big deal. It's just probably get some second round picks back or you know other players that won't play. There will be countless rumors, Jude. There will be so much talk about those two moving on. I feel like there'll probably be talk about people wanting DeJounte or Derek, too. I don't think any of it will happen. I, honest to God, think we're keeping Bryn Forbes for the rest of the season. And we will get rid of Thaddeus Young, but I think it will be a buyout. Because I think that's just what the Spurs do. We are that's going exactly to, what happened with LaMarcus last it is. year. If we could move LaMarcus Aldridge, who is objectively it was then and is now a better player than Thaddeus Young that I don't know how on earth we're going to be able to get rid of Thaddeus Young we're going to buy him out you're exactly right yep that if I was a betting man yes we're going to keep Bryn and we're going to buy out Thaddeus Young and we're just going to let Tyler Johnson's 10 day go out and then that's (laughs) that's the hey don't forget about Kendall Lamb man oh yeah of course of course and then we're going to let his greatest forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're going to roll into the rest of the season and get into that play-in spot, and then lose by a buzzer beater from somebody. And that's how our season's going to end. <laughs> and DeJounte's going to have 25-9-9 and in that game. I'm going to stick with my prediction, though, Ethan. We're going to win one play-in game, but we're oh. going to lose the second one. Okay, that's fair. DeJounte's going to win us a game. You going to put some money on it? I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Ask I don't have to get there. <laughs> when, when I have a full time job, absolutely. <laughs> Let's see who we're playing. Let's see when who I have we're a fixed income, for. for sure. But that, not right now. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I would. Uh, this is a very interesting question. Do you trade Derek Thad Bryn for Ben Simmons? You know, I yeah. feel like a lot of teams would say yes. I, I don't think that this is going to happen. But honestly, I'm going to still say no because I just really? don't like Ben Simmons. And you know what's crazy? Um, I was talking – I forget who I was talking to. Probably just a friend. Ben Simmons went to LSU, and I don't yeah. like him. I don't like him at all. He couldn't yeah, – the true. NIT, dude, you're Ben Simmons, the NIT. Mm-hmm. Come on, Tam, Cam Thomas almost beat Michigan last year by himself. Like, anyways. The, the only reason <laughs> I would say yes to that is because – we could flip Ben Simmons. We, well, maybe we could flip Ben Simmons, which is yes. <laughs> or, I mean, it either really works or it really doesn't. And if it really doesn't, are we really that much worse off? I just don't like his attitude. I just <laughs> no, can't either. see. Me I can't either. see him playing for Pop. I don't care if he wants to. I can't see Pop allowing. Like, yeah, if Pop sees that and allows that to come onto his team his entire career is is a lie <laughs> because Maybe like the spurs them. the spurs are just yeah they, they, he could fix some things he's a talented player but like you're not showing up and you're getting fined and you're like yeah i'm still not gonna show up and then you're causing all this drama and like 
There's this whole thing with Joel Embiid that is just the most like unspurs thing of all time. And so if Pop brought him on, I don't care how talented he is, it would just be like the antithesis to everything that the Spurs usually look for whenever it comes to the personality traits of their players, which we know is more important to the Spurs than to other teams. You're very right. You're very right. But just to make it interesting, I would say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make it interesting. But it would definitely never happen. I love it. Yeah, just to make Paul Um, Paul F. commented. What did he say? Uh, He doesn't believe that the Spurs are going to buy out uh, Young. There's Lakers and other teams opening up their roster spots. They would take Spurs uh, Young with the Spurs paying him. Huh. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um. You know, I think I think I'm with Ethan still just just on that. But but I will say the one thing that does intrigue me about Thaddeus Young and like you said, maybe it's just rumors. We've heard it so many times and it turns into nothing. But there have been a lot of reports of teams having interest in Thaddeus Young. And the other thing that's a little bit different between Thaddeus Young and LaMarcus is I think and this is no slight to DeMarcus or or DeMarcus LaMarcus this is no slight to LaMarcus um because obviously we know the type of guy he is and we know what he did for the Spurs and you know we we appreciate LaMarcus I have only have love in my heart for LaMarcus Aldridge but I think that Thad's like leadership and his personality and what he is as a locker room guy is like super valued and it's like publicly and publicized yeah. That is that he is valued in that way. So I think that is something that that would be the argument or, or one of the arguments, at least um, for him being moved at the deadline. But I think but in regards to Bryn Forbes, I'm with you. I, I would be surprised if he's scared. still on the team next year. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, like that's just the way that it goes with the Spurs. So anyways. I don't want to buy him out for the record. I would mm-hmm. much rather trade get like him a for, second round pick or something. Yeah, I trade him for a new printer. At this point, just to (laughs) say that the Spurs did something before the deadline. Again, got something out of it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Trade them for some cash, some petty cash. I don't even know. Yeah. But but I just – they just always end up disappointing me into trading the deadline. So I'm just going to lean right into it and say they're going to buy him out if I was a betting guy. Yeah. He is, I believe, his contract's at about $8 million, So that's another thing because a lot of these yeah. contending teams, too, don't have a lot of cap space, which would kind of go into the argument for you um, and, and the buyout. So that'll be another interesting storyline to watch. Um, and speaking of storylines, we can kind of wrap up the episode with this, Ethan. We've seen the Spurs struggle. A lot of it is probably just because DeJounte was out. Um, we've seen them win some games, just had a competitive loss today against that Nets team. What are kind of your overall thoughts uh, on these games since we've last gone live? And what do you think are kind of the themes of this year? Because I felt like also in our post games, it was kind of continued themes, you know, and the issues. The, the thing that I have continued to notice throughout the year, I'll start it off with this and then swing it to you. Our bigs, whether it's Devontae Kaycock, Jock Landale, Jakob Pertle, whoever it is, continuously end up on the perimeter against James Harden, Kevin Durant, whoever it may be, and they just get taken advantage of on the three-point line, and it turns into a step-back three. or that It's just an isolation situation with an elite perimeter player, and it turns into an easy three for them. That's the one thing I've consistently seen throughout this year that I can be like, that's an issue that has not stopped. 100% correct. That has continued to (laughs) 
really hurt us defensively throughout this season, and I'm sure it will continue to hurt us until the end of the season, whenever that uh, is. But on a positive note, I think we have continued to improve in pretty much every area, even if it's only by a little bit. I think everyone individually has gotten a lot better. Chemistry has gotten a lot better. Defensive rotations have gotten somewhat better. Offensively, I think when DeJounte's not there, it's pretty hard for us to do anything. But when he's there, when he's playing, I think most of the time we stay competitive and we never really get blown out that often. I know when Jakob was out, we were getting blown out pretty badly. But that's because we were without our center. And at the time, we didn't have Jacques Landale and we didn't have Devontae Kaycock. And Keita Bates-Diop wasn't the guy that he is currently. Um, So once we've turned all those things around, I think we are a really competitive team despite all of our deficiencies and our lack of all-star yes, our free throw percentage is absolutely terrible. Um, but honestly, I'm happy with the way we've been able to compete and with the way we've been able to improve our cohesion as a, as a, as a unit, as a team. We're really in all of these games. And if we, weren't, if we didn't have a few guys out today against the Nets, we'd probably come out on top because we were – I was surprised. The, the entire time I was watching it, I was like, it feels like Brooklyn is just – in charge of this game and the Spurs would go on a run inevitably at the end of every quarter that would put us right back even after it. the in the third quarter specifically I think Brooklyn yeah. went up by as much as like 13 14 yeah. Spurs still came back and they what a three by Kieta Bates in the third quarter too had a man in his face that was crazy yeah and I just love the heart and the will of this team and the way we play defense I know we're very scrappy and I know we get a lot of bad rotations like you said with big guys on the perimeter and stuff like that but those are just growing pains and I think down the road I'm not talking in a few games or a few weeks but in a a couple seasons these things will prove that they were effective like these are learning things that we can learn from and get better at this for the, the future is very bright I know it's tough to watch us lose but at least we aren't losing in a manner that's just absolutely embarrassing and our guys are still fighting every inch of the way and pop is getting these guys to he's really pulling every last inch of um of like ability out of their bodies and it, it's a it's fun for me to watch as a longtime Spurs fan. Cause Same. I don't, I don't know about you, G, but we've always been very good. So it's, there's never been a moment where I'm like, Oh, I wonder what we're going to get better at today. It's like, yeah. oh, we're going to win the game because that's just the Spurs way. But now we're actually seeing these guys grow in front of our very eyes. And it's fun to see. And like my man said in the comments, future is very bright. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Ethan. It's funny you mentioned that because I was just thinking the same thing. You know, at the beginning of this year, we were so excited. And one of the things that we Mm kind of affirmed on this show was like, we're going to learn a lot this year. And earlier when you were talking, I was like, hey, it's January 9th. And even though, yeah, we're still frustrated about some things, we'd like them to be winning. It's like, we're learning about everybody. We're learning Mm -hmm. what DJ is. We're learning DJ's that guy. We're learning Keldon can get better in other areas and isn't just a drive to the basket dude. You know, Lonnie... It's just, does he score or does he not? <laughs> you know, but still, mm-hmm. like, these are all examples of things that we've learned this year, which is exactly what we wanted to get out of this season. And we're, we're getting that out of this year. So that's the big positive this year. Also, everything that you said. Also, I want to mention TSR Sports earlier in the comment section. What's we're going to be on his channel at 8 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Uh, on Thursday. So if y'all want to check out, you know, so the Spurs YouTube community talking some Spurs, go tune into his channel uh, on Thursday. Yes. And this is another good point from our boy TSR. Very true. 
didn't even think about this. Y'all mm-hmm. remember the Charlotte game? We've referenced that so many times on this channel, or I have at least. And once again, and this time it was really with DeJounte, but we're learning more. We're learning more. And Bobby February also want to say thank you up to you. Like you said, the Elson Lawson's their lessons. And that is for sure with this young team. So it's it's really been a fun year, Ethan, and I'm excited to see the second half. Likewise, Jude. Likewise. Hopefully it just keeps getting better. Absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank all of you guys for showing out to the stream tonight. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us, talking Spurs. Um, We're going to probably do some more SSPN live stuff like this just because of our schedules and and my schedule, really. I've been picking up some more stuff at work. Um, But at the same time, we're going to still kind of do more episodes like this. We can have a free range conversation about the Spurs. Um, and so you may not see as many post games, but what we will be doing um, is some the next morning or maybe even the night of who knows, we'll be doing some SSP and reacts, just doing little five to 10 minute game recaps um, instead of going live. And then you'll see our SSP and lives throughout the season talking about you know, games every three or four games, um, the biggest storylines, like we said today, um, obviously there'll probably be a big trade deadline episode when that happens, even if nothing inevitably happens just because Mm. there's going to be a bunch of stuff floating around. That's just how the NBA works. But once again, want to say thank you to you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, don't forget to like, and subscribe on the channel. If you did enjoy this episode, um, and you can follow Ethan on Twitter and myself at Ethan underscore Quintero at Jude McLaren to stay updated with us. Um, and anytime there's a new episode coming out and if you would like to buy some merch or check out some other stuff and some other cool Spurs content, you can head over to SpursTubeTV.com. Um, they're also on Twitter. If you want to find them through there at SpursTubeTV. Rob Trejo will also be on the TSR uh, live stream then. So if you haven't watched any of his stuff, tune into that TSR live stream on Thursday. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, and we'll see you guys soon.